Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 11, I believe, of the How We See Things podcast. Um, That's we are, Yeah, we are, <laughs> we are proud and, and glad to have made it to episode 11. Um, I want to say thank you to all nine of you who appear to be active listeners. Um, <laughs> and, and all the other people, like hundreds, who have, have played but maybe didn't get to the end or anything. Um, thanks for yeah. the support. Thanks for sharing and all of that. Um, today we're going to touch on a sort of lighthearted conversation, but I guess also topical. Um, you know, we we live in, I guess, like what you might describe as the peak of the technological age, although yep. it, might be, it might be premature of me to describe it as the peak, but it, it's definitely, it hasn't been, we are the smartest as a species, we are the smartest we've ever been, yep. we are the most informed we've ever been. Um, we are the most technologically advanced um, that we've ever been at any given point in time. Um, and, you know, as evidence of that, um, tech companies, effectively, to tech, tech industry is effectively the largest industry um, in the world right now. Um, I was reading something a while ago about how, you know, the entire oil and gas industry used to be valued at about $3 trillion. Um, it's worth less than that right now. And there are tech companies that are worth more than the entire um, oil and gas industry. And so we moved from, you know, the um, production, I guess, like age where the wealthiest companies were the manufacturers and the people who could take things from the earth and produce something else. Um, and then at a point, it was the service industry that was, you know, booming. And it was, what do you know? What kind of services can you provide? Can you consult, et cetera, et cetera. And then now we're at the tech phase. Um, we are extremely concerned with making our lives easier. We want our shopping to be done quicker we want um you know we're just looking for things and ways to make our lives easier and so tech is the way of the future it's the largest industry right now and it has effectively changed um the way business is done and the way business will be done in the future um i'm sure for anyone that's listening you either have an iphone or a samsung nice smartphone wow. or if, if you're one of those like super apple people you're um everything is all like connected basically you have your apple watch your um your iphone your mac and everything like that so um i mean those of us who you know are 90s children have been born very much in the tech age you know we're yeah. very much of millennials and millennials you could say gen like x. you know um the, <laughs> gen the gen x guys are, are even like you know um are even um way ahead and are like adapted these things like even quicker and who knows like by the time we're old um what kind of technology will be available um so basically i guess like the first you know thing we could just generally look at is, is how you think of um you know tech these days and you know how its impact on business and yeah. how things have kind of like evolved in society in general yeah so um thanks thanks for next i think that technology um or tech for short has definitely morphed um has become a huge part of our daily lives it's become the lifeblood of economies. It's become a way for people to work in different ways. So hybrid working, remote working, that's all possible because of technology. And if we look at the lockdown, for example, there was a huge uptake in businesses that provided services utilizing technological 
um, means util utilizing cloud services so companies like zoom suddenly you know skyrocketed in value cisco webex yep. and, um my favorite <laughs> my favorite um um uh, call call service to hate which is microsoft teams uh, uh -huh. I like teams. <laughs> so um those those are obviously kind of huge in terms of the working space and even the social space as well but i think also if you look at companies like amazon um amazon um multiplied its value just due to the sheer fact that people were ordering items um and it's so easy nowadays if you have prime to just click and you know it arrives yeah. it you want it now day, you know so this is a i want it now society um no but, 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 but it's not just random people low-key me personally like i don't think i can shop or i have a problem shopping when i can't get it like, <laughs> next day at least next day like, i think it depends um, I, I i think it really depends like so you might have a brand or like an online shopping brand that you trust for your clothing mm -hmm. for example you know your size you know they have your size you know they have your style of clothing so if you want a repeat not repeat, but if you want to order something for a special event or one-off event or you want to replace, I don't know, items of clothing, vests, boxes, whatever, you can just go on there and do that. But then there's still things that you want to buy in person, right? So if you want to buy a watch, you might want to go in store and actually look at it, um, feel it. If you want to buy trainers, for example, yeah. I'm, speaking, I'm speaking for my person. If I want to buy... Are you, are, you, are, you, are you making some kind of argument about how brick and mortar stores still have a future, you know, no matter what? Is oh, that, no, I'm not. No, no, nah, nah, I'm not that archaic. All I am saying is there's a niche. There's still always going to be yeah. a niche. Um, and, uh, there are certain things I personally, like, I'm not going to go and buy my, like... Like I said, like if if you, if you want to buy a watch, for example, so I mean that that to me that's something that I you do. want to buy in person. You want to buy in person, so. But I would say that, like in in a lot of instances, it's symbiotic. So even the even the kind of things that you want to go into the store to do, like shop for your watch, for example, yeah, some things that there's some things that wouldn't be in stock when you go. Yeah, they, I tell you to check online. This is where the order. Yeah, this is where technology intersects, like you say, with um, our day-to-day -day reality. And because we find that we have less and less time. So if you're, example, if you want to buy something, like you rightly say, it isn't online or they don't have exactly what you wanted to buy, uh, you might have a hybrid situation where you check online first and then you go in store to make sure that they have what they have or click and collect, which is very popular. Again, another use of technology where... Essentially, you select it online and then you go and get it in store. I think technology, I, I, I agree with you, obviously, it's immensely moved forward. The technology that allows us to record a podcast. Yep. I'm in the UK, you're in the United States. So it's, um, <laughs> it's a marvel of, of, the, yeah. of, the, of, the, of the world. And in that space, though, and I think, you know, kind of moving the, the conversation forwards, it's largely unregulated in terms of we have laws that govern um actions to do with things like um buying things in person so if we talk about you know there's there's rules that govern kind of what shops need to put on how they need to put things on shelves, what they can sell to customers yeah. there's things to do with product liability blah 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 all that kind of stuff the internet <laughs> and technological use of um Specifically, social media, if you move towards social media rather than provision of services now. So we're talking about more of an online content creation. So your Twitter, your TikToks, um, 
your Facebooks are largely still unregulated to a large extent. And I know right now, it depends though. There's moves. No, no, there, there are moves. I'm talking about the actual content. Right? Yeah, no, it it, it depends on self- what you mean. Depends on what you mean by regulation and in what context. Government. Okay, let me be specific. Government um, regulation. I'm talking about. I'm not talking still, about. Self- I, I know what you, I know. I know what you mean by. I know you mean government regulation, but just I'm just saying like in what context? Because the first example you gave of you know um product quality guarantees yeah. and the idea that you what you buy is represent like accurate representation basically or mm-hmm. what's being sold is what you're actually buying and what you click on okay, buy is what you get um yeah. so in, in that case and like you know amazon can't go around selling toxic materials and everything i think they are still bound yeah. by all those regulations um, I'm, I'm talking about social media so i think this is just to clarify i'm not talking about amazon because obviously amazon is still bound by the rules of the fact that they're selling social media, social media also specifically. Um, I, mean, I don't know. As, as, I think... as a public or as a public or a private company, Twitter, mm. Facebook, um, you know and they are they are still bound by fiduciary responsibility. Um, you're, you're you're referring to something a bit more esoteric. So you know the way social media makes us feel. Is there a way we can regulate? Is there a way we can regulate the content on social media? Maybe to prevent stupid people from reading something online and believing that. Um, you know, COVID has microchip inside it, or and, and taking and and using that knowledge or using that, I guess, um, ideology or idea that they have uh, based on some wrong information and acting on it. Yeah, is there a way we can regulate ourselves away from that problem? I'm not That's, sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not disagreeing with you. There's, there's a conceptual issue here, but I'm actually talking yeah. about. I am actually talking about fake Instagram accounts, fake Instagram stores. I'm talking about actual fake service businesses on social media. That's an Instagram I, problem, no? Yeah, no, no, but that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with the conceptual issue you're talking about there, which is the issue of speech and regulation. Yeah. That's that's separate. What I'm saying is that I'm talking about actual fake Instagram businesses or businesses that are not regulated on Instagram. Hair, hair making businesses, um, wig making businesses, things like that. You right? So, like, be, the advent of the internet has allowed for this proliferation of a lot of businesses from remote locations or like startups that people start in their homes that are not regulated. So like I've talked about like, especially like, okay, wedding vendors, for example, is another big area where you have all these wedding vendors who post on, who have their Instagram pages, who are on Twitter, who are advertising, but there's no kind of body regulating yeah, dude, I'm, I'm, not sure, I mean. I'm not sure what the problem is. I'm not sure we need one. Um, it's just like it's like oh, saying, we do. Oh, you uh, need to hear the story. No, no, wait. It's like it's like saying you no. Know, if it's like saying if 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 I were to buy your if I were to buy your you know couch that you're not using again in your apartment, yeah. Do we do we need some regulation around an exchange between? Yeah, like no, like if if you decide to register a company, if you decide to become either a private entity. And register your company, you know, saying you you would be regulated by whatever laws that govern the type of business that you're doing. Um, if you're making money, you're you're, good, you're required to pay taxes as well. And if you don't pay your taxes, eventually the government would like catch up with you. So there's still regulation that binds everything, but it doesn't have to be like you, you can't you can't regulate or legislate for people's stupidity. So if you buy, if you see a if you see <laughs> if you see a Gucci if you see a Gucci <laughs> handbag on Instagram that it says a hundred pounds. And your your mind tell you that it's too good to be true, you know what I'm saying? And the person says says you wired the hundred pounds of them first of all before you can get your your, your reasonably priced or yeah. you know it's, it's too good to be true. If you if you're duped, then there's nothing that anybody can do, um, for you in that case. But like I I, I think you're onto something here when 
you know, you talk about the way um, technology and the internet in general has changed how business is done. Yeah. Um, has changed. It, it has drastically reduced the cost of capital required to start a business. It has increased people's marketing like reach in yeah, terms of how many that, people you can reach like with your services. It that's has what I'm reduced. Trying to say. I, I'm saying. I'm saying that. Like you see, you you know, you see wig making business. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not having a go at wig makers. I'm not having a go. I must stress, we're not on. We, you know, we love, we love our, we love our wig makers. We love, you know, all those out there making our women look good. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is, there is a proliferation, you know, especially on, um, like even on Facebook, you see a lot of like self-made businesses and it, it's great. There's not been any more time for entrepreneurs than now. However, you just get so many like mixed reviews. Let me just say mixed reviews because um, if you go on like the Shade Bar, right? Which is like a, a UK, um, let's say alternative news source. I don't want to say gossip. Oh, like, like Shade Room. <laughs> like UK equivalent to Shade Room. Shade Bar, that's hilarious. It's the UK version. That's hilarious, the Shade Bar. When you go on there, every, every other week, there's a story about like, a, a makeup artist that got paid for that didn't turn up four hours later you know so that that's what i mean i mean there's a lot of people putting themselves out there providing services i mean whose problem are you saying this is whose problem is it i think it's the customer isn't it it's the user it's the user's problem you know but then that surely there has to be some sort of and like i gave the wedding some kind of recourse to recourse yeah because it's very tricky to get your money back from these things sometimes like unless you have like i don't know if you have this in the u.s something called the citizens advice bureau or like a financial ombudsman right who you can take your complaint to about a business a lot of these businesses are basically the rules are set by the provider but but i I want to put back a bit on this thing (laughs) but like um so I, I was walking past, um, I can't remember what it was, but I think it was a stadium around here where, you know, there's a car park, um, there's a car park downstairs and there was a sign there that explicitly read, it was, there was a pier, it was a pier in San Francisco, like there's a bunch of the pier, like pier, pier one to pier 30 something with like docks and like restaurants and nice places and shopping centers and all of that. And there's a big car lot there. The way the car lot works is there's a machine where you pay, you get a ticket and you go. And there's a sign there that clearly says, do not pay an individual for parking. Do not pay a person for mm-hmm. parking. If me, Mr. I'm too in a hurry, or Mr. Nami shall pass everybody else, decides, decides to pay somebody money yeah. for parking space, and the person should steal my car. Mm-hmm. There's no liability here. There's no recourse to the to the car parking lot now because I ignored the instruction. So I'm pretty sure like Instagram and Facebook have controls in place, have disclaimers around, you know, the way you conduct business or how you should conduct business on these platforms. Disclaimers, um, definitely. Yeah. Disclaimers, so definitely. That yeah. protect them from their liability. So if if you if you pay somebody, you know, money and they disappear with your wig, uh, there's no, I don't know. Like, so there's what, limit you're to suggesting what's... that, you're suggesting a Will Smith slap. Like, what is their recourse? No, no, no. See, they, I'm, they go I'm, I'm, to these businesses if, like... If it becomes, if it becomes, if it becomes a problem, and I'm pretty sure, like, like you're saying, it's a problem to an extent, but I, I feel like these platforms are doing what they can do within like reasonable limits mm. essentially do you understand because if, if you put up if you put some more red tape in the process you end up discouraging business altogether so you want people to first of all like prove or yeah like there's, so there's there's a give and take do you understand, that, so that to like a, 
no, I spoke like a true free market libertarian there. So, no, uh, no, no, I, you, you, I, I, I'm for, I'm for, I, which I am for. Don't get me wrong, I am a free market um, a believer. I, I, I believe that the best way for money to flow is for it to flow around to everyone. So, I, I, I totally exactly. understand what you're saying. I just think that this is, this is perhaps a bit of a nuanced point because, you know, we're talking about regulation. I guess we'll get onto the conceptual idea of. Um, regulation and free speech. No, no, I, 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 I still wanted us to, to like, to like, still like touch on the ways in which technology has, you know, changed the way business is done. Um, yeah. Because what, what you're describing now used to be a situation where you take out an ad in the newspaper, like a tiny square box, and you advertise, you know, and somebody will mail in your check to you, and you mail in your service or product or whatever you made for them. And as as long as like people have been sending snake oil. They have been scammers, Jonathan, and it, yeah. it's been a thing that, that happened. So on, on that one, I'm not really... So like in, on one hand, you're right. The internet's proliferation of technology has made it easier for people who want to engage in fraudulent activity to engage in fraudulent activity. That's for sure. But on the other hand, there are many people who have been become entrepreneurs. You know, it, it, it has changed the way um, business is done. And companies like recognize that like whether whether it's it's twitter to or it's only fans mm-hmm. or it's it's like companies recognize that and like you no know, the 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 predominant business model has changed from a one-time fee one-time you know service payment model to a subscriber based model yeah. um so almost almost every company regardless of whatever product that they are selling actually there is some kind of subscription based um service that that or that's involved in whatever it is that you're doing so whether you buy a product and you pay yeah. a monthly fee that that gives you access to warranties or something like that but like the landscape has changed and i think like the first um i mean if you look at on, on subscription let's look at tv let's look at um yeah that's how that's go, like, like like the media like aspect of it and the fact that like you know i think this was caused by the pandemic in a way, but also just because of changing trends and the fact that like people who, when people consume the entertainment, because of how technologically advanced like the phones and the iPads that we use now are, you can yeah. watch whatever you want to watch on your iPad. So m- studios who are making blockbuster movies, so like Batman is coming to HBO on Monday, tomorrow, or I think mm-hmm. one, one or the other, but like they've recognized that like streaming and subscription, that's where the money is at. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think look at look at companies like Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, yeah. HBO Max, like you said, um, Peacock are doing their thing as well. Um, so internet has definitely changed the way we consume. You know, our they, they, they still on that. They made a couple of moves. So you know, like with Peacock, the office used to be on Netflix, mm-hmm. but but Peacock is owned by NBC. And yeah. when, when when NBC brought up their like when NBC brought out their own like like streaming service, they took all their like you know um, intellectual property from all the other platforms mm-hmm. and in and housed it in like Peacock. The same thing goes for Disney. So like things like um Luke Cage, things like um Iron Fist, and yeah, Daniel, they got taken off. They got taking off. They got yeah. taking off these platforms. Um, and so like these larger companies, there, there was this news that came out about CNN. You know, CNN had to come up with their own like CNN Plus. Um, streaming service that mm. that you know is a subscription based um, situation. Like your your favorite guy is the Guardian. At the bottom of every um, article you read on the Guardian now, like they're begging you for one dollar. You can't even read the Telegraph basically if you don't if you don't subscribe. Yeah, everyone's. I think subscription obviously it's it's a kind of self fund model. It's an idea of 
um, sustainability via creating content. And content creation, I think, is probably the greatest legacy. Look no further than TikTok, right? TikTok, yeah. TikTok yeah. at the start of the pandemic was a kind of a smallish app, you know, very much starting off. And TikTok now, I don't know what the market valuation is, but in terms of viewership, it's, it's, yeah. it's above Instagram and Twitter. I mean, Facebook is hard to defeat because <laughs> one in seven human beings has a Facebook account. So, when, when, you know, even even Facebook, Facebook had to become something else. Facebook was was first of all social media. You know, oh, I'm eating rice today. I'm eating beans tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> then, then it became then it became for your grandma and your grandpa to find the people that they went to, and your parents to find the people that they went to secondary school and primary school with. Yeah. Now Facebook is like it's they they focus on like the group thing. You know, if you're looking for people like they have dogs with you, they have dogs in your community. If, when I was looking for an apartment, when I first moved to to the Bay, I looked on Facebook. Yeah, you know, like Facebook Marketplace, you can buy stuff. So, so it had to become more something than, else. Um, no, yeah, like, I mean that's that's a way that technology has created innovation, right? And also innovation. Yeah. Innovation is about evolving, changing, looking out for new needs, understanding that there's a saturation point for every entry. Um, idea so the idea of like microblogging is what you're saying essentially what facebook mm. used to be was oh i'm on my way back from school yeah. oh um x is tired you know y is hungry and obviously facebook had to mature twitter then took that to another level creating the um, the restriction on tweets making it more of a you know um, more of a you know intellectual you know a lot of um and obviously the memes and then taking it into kind of uh, interaction um twitter has kind of really mastered the whole interaction idea so like you watch something on tv or you watch something on netflix or there'll be a live sporting event and everyone's interacting and hashtagging and the idea of a hashtag as well um and i think even if you look at another area of life which is dating right um the internet has changed dating massively so you you talk about apps like tinder bumble hinge don't know what else is out there but yeah i mean they're offering all sorts now they're offering different things you understand they're offering different things to different people they're all like trying to one-up each other in terms of like the features that they can provide um like i'll just put you on the spot for a bit like in terms of like even like the streaming wars yeah so 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 with with like hbo um, because eventually there'll come a time where if you if you want a 12 12 bucks, they're going to have to be increasing. Um, who do you think um wins the streaming wars and, and where do you think we go from here in terms of like no, that's an excellent and, question. It was actually one that um kind of I've had previously in terms of discussion on, on who wins at the moment. And um if this was a race, I will say Amazon is in the race. Netflix is in the race. HBO Max. You think Amazon Prime is in, the, is in the race? I think Amazon Prime is a dark horse, actually. Interesting. Um, because, and there's one reason I say that, and I say this, that content is king. Mm. Content is king. Netflix has an amazing UI, user experience. Just amazing. Is it UX? UX. Yeah. yeah. User yeah. experience. UI is interface. Is that, yeah. Um, Netflix has also a very good interface as well. Um, 
The problem with Netflix is the content. They're suffering because when they first started out, they were signing all these 10-year deals. They had all these shows. They had Friends. Yep. They had yep. other people's shows, essentially. All the Disney shows we've mentioned. Your yep. Cages, Daredevil. Excellent, excellent TV. Um, notice now that they're obviously in the last three to five years, they've tried to move to their original content. The problem with original content is that proven content in their own time, subverted other content. There's a reason those content still exists. There were other things made in that yeah. time, but those are the things that last. The Office, Friends, yeah, How, Seinfeld. I, Met, How I Met Your Mother, um, Moesha, The Parkers, Girlfriends, mm -hmm. you know, um, Freshmen of Bel-Air. <laughs> um, yeah, Seinfeld, I just mentioned so, too. So, you know, these, these are, as a freshman, you know, because of the slap. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, these are all things that, I've stood the test of time and for a reason I syndicated. But when you lose that content and you're making your originals, some will hit and some will flop. Yeah, hit or miss. And this is a problem because for a business like Netflix, you have a tough decision. Do I keep increasing my subscription to finance this part of the business or do I be essentially target a particular audience? Do I say to myself, okay, we're not going to be able to win this war of like providing the content that everybody wants to see. We'll just go along with investing in a few. And you notice how many of their shows are, are, are axed after one season. There's Netflix, so many one season shows. Yeah, on Netflix. Netflix is making a couple of very obviously strategic decisions um, yeah. that, that you can tell like one of them I would say is in investing in the reality show business. Yep. So like Two Hunts Happy, Love is Blind, The Ultimatum, all these shows have, have kind of become like, you know, a staple bread and butter source of like eyeballs for Netflix, basically, because people watch all these things and then they get to talking. So I think Netflix has identified that and is going to hone and like, you know, flesh out that they have some original content that's like Stranger Things and all of that that have like cult followings. Mm -hmm. But like in terms of like the actual shows, I think they've kind of like lost... Um, yeah hashtag yeah, bring back bring back altered carbon that was that was excellent stuff I yeah mean, yeah you know the, the the season two with anthony mackie the one season with anthony mackie wasn't the greatest but it wasn't know, the best no season one was wasn't the best yeah late um and, and I, I like the animated version too um but but yeah N netflix i think would be around forever or for a long time because first of all like they have like a repository of just like great stuff that you can watch like you know ozark and all the other shows that you can just there's, there's a lot of content in netflix you can watch um yeah but then your, your question these... to me your question to me though wasn't who's gonna hang around your question to me is yeah who's top dog. Who's gonna and, win? and and the reason netflix will be around yeah they're not gonna do a blockbuster because yeah. i think they will always evolve and they will always provide us with you know, like I said, the UX for me, it's like I used to, the, the whole from one episode to another, it was revolution. They, re they revolutionized the way we watch stuff, Netflix and chill. Like th they changed the culture, right? Around watching shows and yep. um, watching things together when things get block released at once and the whole timeline, the whole TLs, watching the same thing, you know. The reason, and uh, I'll round off with Amazon Prime. Let me go on to Disney. I'll put Disney, HBO, Disney, I'll say Disney. Disney will Disney will do well, but it's um, it will be specific to their content, right? It will be Disney shows. It will be Disney originated movies. So I think they'll always have that audience, but they won't have the 
widespread reach, um, nor do they need it really. I think it's just a case for them to create their own content, right? So they take it, especially the starving places like Netflix, essentially, of, of that content. Um, HBO Max, um, the issue with this is I don't know, I feel like they can only focus on one or two big things at a time. <laughs> so from a budgetary, Netflix has that issue as well in terms of financing, right? A lot of debt yeah. and stuff, but HBO Max, I feel like they can't do too many things at once. They do some things excellently well. Game of Thrones is coming back, by the way, in August, guys. So watch here's out the for thing. That. Here's the sneak, the sneaky thing with with HBO. Um, that um, HBO is owned by Time Warner, and Time Warner is acquired by AT and T. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that gives HBO like a lot of legs in terms of like what might come with AT and what might be bundled up with AT&T services um, as well that they can just, you know, leech on and survive from. I think also because it, it's under the Warner Bros, like Warner Bros. So if you check HBO now, anything any, anything Warner Bros. you can see on, you can see on HBO as well. Um, I think there, there'll come a time. I know HBO has all these things like um, Real Time with Bill Maher, The Late Show. Um, the, the only thing is that HBO is a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit North America focused. Yes, yes, yes. So that's yes, that. So if we're looking at like, if we're doing this, who who dares wins? Who's the top dog? Yeah, I'm looking worldwide here. Like, worldwide, okay. I feel like HBO Max definitely, like you say, in Canada and the US, specifically the US, potentially could you know have unlimited reach and unlimited content in that regard, based on what you're saying in terms of the Time Warner stuff. I think for me, Amazon. The reason why I say Amazon's a dark horse in this race, yeah, is the UX is average okay this is what everyone complains about amazon it's very clunky it's very very clunky however the content on there the variety is a1 i'm and, sure i agree with that and too. I, I, I think this thing is very it's very personal so it's very no no the, the reason own... i say this the reason i say this is that there's simply things on netflix that you just get frustrated you can't find it you can't you go there and you can't find 50 percent of the things you're looking for on Amazon, that is not hundred. It's usually, but you find about eighty percent of what you're looking for. On oh, you mean you mean, and then you'd have to buy it. I ha- okay. So this is the next thing. Yeah, I feel like Amazon Prime is very clever. They do their own um, shout out to the Expanse. So what they tend to do is they'll pick up shows, kind of like Netflix did with Money Heist, right? The they'll pick up shows. They'll they'll kind of develop it. They'll keep shows alive. They have the original content. But like you said. You mentioned stuff like paying for premium or pay for things, pay for shows on there. It's still, whilst it might be inconvenient to, for someone to think, oh, I've paid for my Amazon Prime. Why do I need to pay for this? Prime doesn't feel the same as a Netflix subscription because with Prime, you're getting your delivery side of things, right? They've smartly integrated it within the yeah. Amazon context. So you don't really feel, although you are, you don't feel like you're paying for a TV subscription for the base pack. So yeah. when you see like, oh, for example, you know, I like Power. Um, and I saw Power Book 2 on there, right? And it was like stars. You had to pay for stars, right? For example, stars play. And it's stuff like it's a bit it's slightly annoying because you're like, oh, okay, I found it on Amazon. Yeah, I agree. But the challenge is Jeff Bezos just spent over a hundred million dollars acquiring the rights to Lord of the Rings and for mm-hmm. to produce. The, the good, it's going to have to add up. Just uh, you can't. You can't oh, take the will, money from, from Prime shopping and, and say, okay, since people are... <laughs> no, but you do to... need to you need to look at it, though. This is why I'm saying Prime, for me, will be the dark horse to watch. 
they have unlimited funds. You've just proved my point. Like the fact that Jeff Bezos can just pour any money from Amazon into Amazon Prime, like he could just take a hundred million and just say, "Yeah, I'm going for one of the most." I think Lord of the Rings in the round, and I'm a Game of Thrones fan. Like I'm a huge mega fan. Like when we're covering Game of Thrones, you guys, you don't even understand. Like I know my Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, for me, in terms of top to bottom, middle and back, is the foundational archetypal fantasy series like yes it's it's for me it's talking like magic right so the sure, viewership is going to be but it's, no, but what's going to have to deliver now they're going to have to deliver I think and, they will I and think they, they flopped will. they I mean, flopped with robert jordan the wheel of time yeah the wheel of time was a floppage no, 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 um, wheel of so, time was a flop yeah so we don't know we don't know what they're going to but like even wheel, wheel of time is difficult though like you have to you have to accept that some things lend themselves better to adaptation right I, and I, I feel like we should have like a whole like fantasy we need a whole fantasy, fantasy series episode, like yeah, yeah. We're definitely, we're easy. let's not even get started on june but um yeah so in terms of your question to me and like my ranking like i would say right now um you have i'll class them as like the tv extensions so like when you talk about things like hbo max when you talk about things like peacock when you talk about things like even sky we have like sky atlantic in the uk yeah. things like that um Pick up being obviously NBC. So those are kind of like extensions of like, it's the TV companies trying to be flexible, right? Trying to be innovative in the way they deliver their new shows, you know, which is really, really good. Sky has things like Sky Discovery, um, a discovery of which is go watch that. It's quite interesting. Yeah, no, it's, it's, um, it, it, that, that's a good show. It kind of teetered off towards the end. No, but I, I think sticking to this theme of, of how, like, you know, we assume Amazon, Amazon mm-hmm. bundled, tv service under like the prime subscription yeah. and you know amazon also acquired whole foods um you know a, a while ago that lets them you know kind of up their game in terms of like the grocery delivery i think they acquired like a pharmaceutical company as well that allows them to do amazon pharma so we're, we're getting to a point where everything is kind of like being bundled up and rolling up and as i mentioned earlier at acquired um time warner by doing that they acquired cnn they acquired um hbo um as well and and, and so like it's 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 bundled and warner bros basically and warner bros being the studio that makes like you know a, a bunch of movies um and, and so what what that does obviously is it allows at&t to have both like i think vertical and horizontal like like integration so at&t does things with like their phones and with um you know the cellular service that they provide but now they can also, you know, increase their service offering. So when you get an mm-hmm. AT&T phone, for example, you're not just getting your phone, you're getting XYZ. Um, so like, like, like Xfinity, for example, Xfinity is another service provider. Xfinity comes with NBC and uh, with Peacock. And so these companies are having to, you know, merge to survive or, you know, come up with new ways to just spread their tentacles into um, people's lives and, you know, kind of, Speaking of, I guess, tentacles, I don't know how good a segue this is, but another way in which technology has obviously, you know, um, changed how people do business now is even in the legal tender or the tender that we use to, you know, exchange, um, that we use in exchange of or for goods or services. And, you know, we went from, you know, using calories to, we went from butter, from trade by butter, exchanging your, <laughs> your, exchanging your butter for yam, exchanging your car for a bride to having a single legal tender currency, oh. money. Um, money, you know, comes in all sorts of complicated 
Is that um, wait, wait, yeah, Cow, no, Cow and Bride? Don't don't just speed past. Hold up, hold up. There. Don't move. Don't move. No, no. Don't no 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 no. Don't move. Just stay there. Um, is that a Freudian slip or some sort of uh, no, 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 deep-seated was... commentary on traditional practices? We'll move wedding practices. You know, but, 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 but it is now. It, it, it was a thing where, you know, you marriage used to be a transaction, essentially. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you, you, mm-hmm. Have, you have a fertile young bride. I have a bunch of land and, and, um, and animals so we can exchange. Um, and so we moved to a legal tender, single currency, and then, you know, people decided that wasn't enough. So there are all sorts of financial instruments that basically just connotes value. They come in extremely complicated forms. And if you let investment bankers talk, they will talk your ear off about all the many different ways that you can store value. But now we've also got into another way, a supposedly decentralized way of storing value, cryptocurrency. Mm. Unless you've been living on a rock, you've heard of some form of cryptocurrency and you possibly even own some cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, um, Ethereum, yeah, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Dogecoin, Google One, and Dogecoin, I'll be everything, all join. So, yeah, there are many different ways of you know, um, carrying out transactions now. And I guess, like with cryptocurrency, with such good power comes great responsibility and lots of conversations about regulation and everything. I guess this is where, like, your question of regulation really, really comes into play now because the ethical considerations for cryptocurrency are... They're terrifying on, on any side. So on one hand, you know, it's liberating. You can get money to all parts of the world, blah, 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 blah. On the other hand, it's on track, untraceable, you know? And yeah, I mean, the dark web is, you know, yeah. has been rejoicing for the last, you know, seven or eight. Well, it was, it was in 2011 I first heard about Bitcoin, 2011, 2012. So that's what, the decade or so. Um, so anything yeah. from, I mean, there's legal stuff such as like Bitcoin mining, um, actually trading Bitcoin and stuff like that. And then there's obviously the dark side of things, using Bitcoin to pay for unsavory activities. I refer you to the startup. Um, which is another good show on on Amazon Prime, um, and and what you can do on the dark web with cryptocurrency. So, I think the idea of you know we we have to talk about crypto. We talk about tech. We talk about buying new businesses. There's there's, there's a Venn diagram, and there's someone in the middle called Mr. Elon Musk, mm-hmm. um, and Elon Musk. Obviously, many will know as a very outspoken. Um, and successful, um, wealthy CEO of two companies, the electrical car maker Tesla and the rocket firm SpaceX. And Mr. Musk is no, he's no, he's no kind of, he, he's a tech child, as it were. He is the, the ultimate tech billionaire or tech. Yeah, I'm sure he's a billionaire. Yeah, he's a billionaire because he's just yeah, offered, very he offered, <laughs> he offered how much, how much is it for Twitter? He offered 43 billion yeah by twitter and just think about statesman like just think about that the value of twitter is according to him anyway it's 43 billion dollars i mean I, how many I, things I, on this planet how many companies on this planet are worth 43 worth, billion? no not not many now and and you know we all know quite clearly that you know musk is a character and he's more than just being uh, more than just being a businessman his personality is a character I, I personally i personally i'm not as enamored as other people are with um you know elon musk as a personality or as a business i mm. think 
Tesla for a long time was basically propped up by the U.S. government um, mm-hmm. in, in, in terms of like, you know, the accommodations that were made. The business, I think, just made a profit. And the only, the only reason why it's been able to, you know, survive as it has for so long is because of the field that it's in, which is in the electric car business, um, because it's been subsidized heavily. Um, by the government. So I don't, obviously, you know, great idea, great technology, blah, 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 blah. But like, I, I am weary of the kind of cult of personalities that are, that form around um, these like founders, basically. But yeah, as you were saying, Elon Musk is trying to buy, or is trying to buy Twitter. Everybody and their uncle has their own take on it. Depending on what side of the aisle you're on, this is either you know, a terrifying prospect or this is a glorious thing to work on because Elon Musk is going to, you know, burn down the walls and open Twitter for everybody, you know, free speech, absolutism or whatever, whatever. (laughs) And like, and and kind of what makes it so fascinating is that like Elon Musk has gotten in trouble for using Twitter um, before, uh, you know, in, in, um, in 2018 or so, um, Elon Musk tweeted about taking Tesla private at um, you know four hundred and twenty dollars or so, and that that drastically affected the stock price. He got into trouble with the um, with the SEC. He was charged with like um, you know civil securities fraud. He had to pay about forty million dollars, and he had to step down. Um, he had to step down as like the CEO um, of Tesla. Basically, so he has gotten in trouble with with Twitter, and and when this thing first came up, as you know, Elon Musk buying Twitter, it seemed like a joke and everything. But then he did; he he bought nine percent um, ownership in, in yep. Twitter, which is the largest like you know um, individual um, shareholding that like anyone um, would have. And there's kind of been like this dance that's been going back and forth between Elon Musk himself, um, the CEO, I can't remember his name, Parang or something. Parag and uh, the board of, of Twitter. Yeah, where, he was asked to join the board, I believe. He was and he asked to join the board, and he rejected. He rejected um, the offer. A, a deft move on Twitter's part, if you ask me, because you know, with with being on the board, came some requirements around like fiduciary responsibility. So he will be bound by you know um, ethics, and he will be bound by setting like laws that will prevent him from just tweeting anyhow he wants to tweet. Or you know, just saying whatever he wants to say, and I think there's also something in um, something in the charter that would have prevented him from owning more than 50% of Twitter stock, um, and he didn't want to like accept that. Basically, um, he wants he wants to own it outright. Yeah, he wants to own it outrightly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think, to be honest, like you say, um, you've kind of given a good background of Elon Musk, and I think. If we're talking about the regulatory side of things, um, there's definitely concerns to be had in a time when governments in the US and in the UK are looking to make the internet safer. So we're looking at the regulatory environment for social media getting tougher. In the UK, there's something called the Online Safety Bill, which will require platforms to monitor their content closely to stop pylons, um, ETC, so which is the idea of, you know, ratio, people jumping on people um, on, in, in tweets, of course. Um, and I guess the question is, even if he transforms Twitter into a private company, he will still not be um, exempt from those issues of yeah. nation. But I guess as a private company, he will then have more room to maneuver. He wouldn't have a board 
of <laughs> it wouldn't have a board of people with non-exec or public, the, the thing uh, is that like apparently Elon Musk doesn't even like he doesn't even have the financing to buy he doesn't he doesn't have 43 billion dollars just lying around somewhere for him to buy wow. twitter um he's working with with morgan stanley you know to come up with the financing but like no, nobody knows if it's even possible um apparently you know there's, there's been like a kind of high stakes poker game going on between elon musk and the twitter board where he's like tweeting you know polls asking people to give their input to propose changes um that people would like to see yeah. um in, in twitter should there be launch break should there be this one should that be that one so he's rankling feathers basically and he wants things to change but the company um offered i guess some kind of like poison pill they offered him a board seat that would have like i said before we should get him to owning 50 percent of the company and it seems like he's just kind of like um trolling them like and and, and also um um they 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 put like a a plan basically that would give certain like shareholders the right to purchase more stock if Elon Musk so kind of like a first right of or refusal yeah yes. kind of thing so if if Elon Musk was trying to buy a certain amount of stock beyond a certain level it would trigger um the the purchase basically um and yeah. it, it's it's so it's now it's taking on this kind of like larger philosophical edge around free speech and whether or not like Elon Musk is the savior of, I believe in free speech, but I don't believe in uh, lack of consequences for what you say. So you can say whatever you want, but there will be consequences or there may be consequences for whatever you say, because there are laws that govern um, society. That's the way society works. So you can say whatever you want, but note that in saying whatever you want, um, you may fall foul of the law, and people elect governments. Government decides that they want to make the internet safer. We've seen a series of issues with online bullying, pylons, you know, people's mental health suffering. Um, like we said, society has moved to the internet in such a massive way that people's lives can be damaged by, you know, <laughs> a Twitter space against them, or a clubhouse room against them, yeah. or false narratives against. Or even them. a tweet that goes viral, basically. Exactly. Look, okay, look at the recent tweets about um, Queen Rihanna, um, a very heavily pregnant woman, right? Yeah. And somebody came out and was propagating news that her partner and her had broken up because of uh, alleged um, misdiscre- indiscretion. Yeah, and, yeah, you know, that's spread like wildfire all over social media. Um, and when I say what are the consequences for that, like someone can just go on a social media part and just say whatever they want you know so um yeah i think if we look at the so to me tech seems to and you're 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 right there in the bay and um <laughs> you know tech seems to really breed these kind of mavericks i think and and you look yeah. at people like Elon Musk we've talked about you look at people like mark zuckerberg well-documented kind of um Career path and and Mark, then you Mark, Mark Zuckerberg is, is basically now okay, not Mark Zuckerberg, but like this guy, um, Jeff Bezos, he's basically now just looking like uh, what's the guy from Spaman Lex Luthor? <laughs> that's, that's like his old vibe. Mark Zuckerberg has like has like an evil, he's gone from being like the nerdy guy to like he's like an evil, you know, overlord. Facebook is basically like an evil company now, allegedly, like, as, far, as far as everybody else is concerned. Allegedly, I mean, you know. talking about kind of the intersection of what we're talking about, TV, entertainment, 
and and uh, the tech industry, there's um, been a number of mini series on um, the world of the founder. Um, yeah. There's been the, there was one on Elizabeth Holmes. It's been an interesting time for founders <laughs> just in general. <laughs> Her of Theranos Inc. Um, a consumer healthcare technology startup which was once valued at $10 billion. And the idea was that it was going to revolutionize the blood testing industry. Um, it turned out to be a scam. turned out to be a scam. The machine didn't work, essentially. The blood testing machine didn't work. She'd roped in, was it Walgreens that she had on the hook? Yeah, I don't know. Um, she basically, she basically got it out to people. I, personally, like, I'm not sure. I feel a bit conflicted about all these TV shows that sort of kind of glamorize. Glorify. Yeah. Glorify. It's, it's like, like the Delvey, the um Yeah. It was a bit weird as well because it was kind of like, you know, portraying her as some sort of girl boss. Am I, am I supposed to say that Am I yeah. supposed to sympathize with, with a scammer or a criminal? Does it have yeah, anything to do with the fact that this is a blonde-haired, blue-eyed person? Blue, mm, mm, mm. Like, we like, say it how we see it. We say it how yeah. we see it. Yeah, yeah. No, no, but like, but like, like as you're saying, like, yeah, it's there've been a lot of TV shows that are exploring like kind of like the cult around founders. I think you were trying to remember. I think there was a one about WeWork as well. Yeah, the I WeWork. Seen yeah, yeah the WeWork guy. And it. and you find that like these are people who maybe for whatever reason you know they have good ideas. They had a, a good idea. You know they worked hard. They got to a certain level. But then this kind of like you know myth kind of started to like arise around like you know the founders about like their yeah, they're genius. So they're, you know, and then you hear all these stories about how you know this founder is going into the desert to take acid and find himself, or like they have like all these like, you know, like if, if you watch like interventions, yeah, like because like you know they 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 are so genius and they're so wise and like they have all these things that they do. They go on these retreats in the desert to rediscover. And they have their own personal guru or shaman that follows them around the way and you have like entire reddit threads or entire youtube channel just dedicated to trying to understand you know jack dorsey or following him wherever he goes jack dorsey or um mark zuckerberg or yeah. then again if if you build a company if you have an idea that turns out to be a 40 billion dollar idea yeah i guess people should you know hang on to every word and and try and like um because you either like like in batman you either die a hero or you live long enough to become villain. Look what there happened to Bill Gates. Like Bill Gates has, has lived so long and made so much money. He's trying to basically be a philanthropist, but as far as some other people are concerned, he's he's the devil. He's trying to put six 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 inside your inside your vaccine, and he's allegedly. trying to control. Allegedly, he's trying to control like the global. I world mean, the Bill Gates Foundation—they do do a lot of a lot of traceable, and this is, I think, facts and opinions. People need to go and actually look at the facts. There are books out there. When I say books, I mean there's accounting books. There's books on the company, on the organization. If you want to indulge in theories about 666 and the vaccines, that's mm. your prerogative. Um, but you can actually go and see what the Bill Gates Foundation does. And whether or not you agree with their aims, they, they produce and they do stuff. And I think at the end of the day, one thing that social media has really brought about is a real... It's really brought out the the inner man shows really everyone's inner being to, yeah, to no, the public. You, you, you don't have to put your face now. You don't have to put your face or your real name. You can yeah, you can, you can do whatever you like. Oh. Yeah, I remember mm-hmm. there's a scene from uh, Castle, um, which is based on a murder mystery writer, and it's about 
how council started, how he set off on his journey of becoming a master midget, right? Murder mystery writer. And he came across, he came across a dead body when he was younger. Um, and that kind of led him into the whole idea of what done, what happened, who did it. Um, and in there, the, the, the antagonist is a very well-respected psychiatric doctor who wears a mask. And he, Castle trying to catch him in his you know, web of lies says, so why do you think the serial killer wears this mask? And the psychiatrist said, well, perhaps the mask hides the true person. And the mask is, is, is allows him to be who he really is. And his daily face is his mask. Mm-hmm. And the mask is the true him. And I think in many ways, what you just said about the anonymity yeah. of social media is, is a key point because... No, it provides protection. No. It provides... There's a layer there where people feel like, you know, we know about keyboard warriors where people say, oh, yep. you know, they say X, Y, and Z. Um, people feel like they have that protection to say whatever they want. Yeah, no, but like that, that, that's one thing. And, you know, we, we, we have to blame that one specifically, the blame for that lies squarely with, with Jack and, and, and Mark, you know, for their contributions to society. But like still around, like, you know, the cult that comes like with founders, like there's a, it's hard, you know, as a human being to stay humble or to stay grounded. And, you know, you hear like, like with, with Uber, for example, there was the story of the CEO, Chavez or whatever his name was and like sexual assault or the kind of culture that they created in Uber. There's the WeWork guy and how he was basically just a scammer. He was just like some long head, you know, guru type guy that was just full of shit speaking to everybody. And recently in our own motherland, Nigeria, we've heard... Mm-hmm. Some, 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 you know, fortunate stories about like about CEOs and, and tech CEOs specifically, like tech industry in Nigeria is yeah. like a bit of the if it's first it was it was tech cabal and some some guy who you know the first our first interaction with him he was screaming at the customer like him to like his fitness this thing and like <laughs> put it put it put it where you were with you put, put it, it wherever it. you want to put it. <laughs> <laughs> which 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 was which was definitely like oh, a double entendre with, with some sexual undertones if you think about it. But like that's how he first got introduced to this guy. And apparently this guy is a terrorist, like he's is a CEO, he's driving people, he's doing business. Obviously, they're doing some numbers because he's hiring and paying people salary. And you know, if you're a producer contributing to the economy and the GDP, you have to give you some some respect. But apparently, this guy is a terrorist, just terrorizing people's lives. And, you know, because of the environment in Nigeria where people don't have, like, options or jobs, many people just felt like they had to take it till the dam broke. And, you know, he ended up having to issue this thing. And then more recently, you know, there's this um, um, Hondean guy who I have problems with, but, you know, we can get into that another time. But he broke the story about Flutterwave, the Flutterwave CEO. Um, to mm. me, the most, the most troubling aspects of the story were was really, like, the sexual... The sexual assault, yeah. Yeah, the the, the, the yeah. thing that I was describing was not instead of trading. It seemed like there was some fraud. See, this there. is the thing. This is I, I I'm not obviously you're the you're you actually read economics and you work for the bank, so you I have whatever knowledge I have, I'll defer to you. To me, what was being explained, we're not gonna go into the article now, but it wasn't inside the trading. And no, it wasn't for me. I felt that about this particular individual that you're talking about, um I thought it was very interesting the approach and the kind of lack of grace that he gave to people who were caught up 
No. They are human beings at the end the of guy, the day. Right? No, the guy is a, the guy has a weird short man Napoleon. He, he's just all about. I think he's just out there looking for Pulitzer. Like I, I think he he has this god complex that of an investigation, he, and he's yeah, a very good but, investigator. But, but, but the writing, I don't I don't know that I agree with that. The writing is not even like it's not good. It's not quality work. It's it's, it's news. But it's not it's not quality. It's not put together. In, I guess what I mean is that he's obviously seeking, like he's seeking to shock. He's seeking to make the news. Yeah, he's, he's, looking, he's looking for shock and he's looking for shock and awe. And there's a way to do that. But like you, you have you have to fact check. You have to call sources. So if somebody tells you that they know something about this person, journalistic or journalist ethics requires that you call the person and say, "Oh, this is the information I have on you. Do you care to comment?" You can't run something. Without checking, even if the person's comment is that "fuck you, you're a bastard," you put if you read an article, you will see it there. We reached out to X Y Z for comments, and his response was "fuck you, you're a bastard." We put it in in quotes. No, yeah, but like the ethics that you have to follow, and you can't just assume that like everybody who doesn't agree with you. So, like I saw a tweet from the guy today, basically just blasting some some lady who refused to maybe out out the source or something like that. Um, yeah, that's the stuff I really don't agree with. Yeah, he, it's it's he so... to play fast and loose, especially in the society. It's ironic because he's in exile, right? Um, so you would think he would be a bit more understanding of why people who are perhaps in very decent jobs, who are perhaps in very good situations within some of these tech organizations, might not want to a give up their daily bread, b be put in a position where their life may yeah. be a threat or they may be threatened at the very least just, and see in a society like nigeria where it is there are opportunities but it's also yeah. very raw it's a very you know these these are small the tech space in nigeria yes it's blooming it's blossoming nigerians are very technologically savvy a lot of them are coding and learning how to do these things but it's a small but space it's in a very small space so if you you need to protect your sources and for me that's journalistic 101 no, nah, yeah, um, and just it's it, it's still just kind of part of what describing with the kind of culture that comes around when you've created something like so. Because so obviously, I think he does well for himself in terms of like you know readership. He has lots of followers. You know, obviously, sees himself as some kind of like pioneer in whatever he's doing. Same thing goes for the GB guy who was living for Tawid. So there's a kind of like in this tech space that we're talking about, or this tech, I guess, phenomenon that has changed in the last 20 25 plus years um once you reach a certain level of achievement you you become a small g god effectively you mm. understand so so if if you're I, I, and the question is like whether or not the means the means or the ends justify like the means so if you're the gb guy in flutterway for example representing yourself as as gb in one case and is it peter or something another name in another case, forming like you're somebody else because you still work for Access Bank while you're doing all that kind of stuff. It's just it's just messy and unnecessary. And even if it isn't insider trading per se, mm-hmm. the fact that you're the fact that you're still putting your thumb on scale and how much like people can exercise their stock options, whether or not they actually get what you promise them, and just like this kind of like shady, smelly like behavior. You know, once somebody signed a contract but you don't actually live up to what it says in the contract. You agree for something, but don't pay later. You 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 bully. allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> yeah, you you're so somebody's about to use Bauer Igodalo to sue you, so you retain their services and you know create a conflict of interest so that they can't use um, the lawyer that, that they would have liked to use before. It's just it just 
you know, it's, it's messy. And I, I personally feel like it's negatively impacts the tech space. In and I've, I'm so glad you got here. And it's that was my, I, I looked at the article and I kind of had a sigh because yeah, what you need to appreciate, and I remember I was in the clubhouse room where he was asked the question, like, do you think this article has had a positive impact? Like, wh- what do you think is the lasting impact it's going to have on the African tech space? And it's just like at the end of the, um, Elizabeth Holmes biography or docu-series women in in um, Silicon Valley still struggle one woman yeah. was told to dye her hair brown so that she didn't look like Elizabeth Holmes when she was pitching to a VC so it's like people are still these things have an impact and David Hyundai might think yes he's got a, an exclusive you know there yeah, are... that one I don't think is David's problem I, yeah, I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like it personally, but I don't think it's his problem. I think if you're a journalist, you're breaking a story. No, no, I, I, I get it. Yeah. But I do think no, that's there is a negative impact that's going to be felt by African businesses. I mean, you look I agree at support, with that, yeah. you know, where, where's the articles on Paystack? Like, I, I've seen a couple, but they weren't. The success was massive. You know, those guys created something huge and then exited it to the tune of millions of, of dollars. And where was their success story trumpeted? Yet the negative stories, and they maybe this human nature, and no, it, 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 was, it was trumpeted now. I yeah, I mean, it was, but only if you wanted to listen to it and not as much as this negative stuff is coming out. Well, there. yes, ne- bad news travels fast. But bad, and I guess maybe sure. that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. Sure. Bad news travels fast, good news... Um, what I think I think the Nigerian context is unique because you know Nigeria there's already a handicap that comes with doing business in Nigeria. The handicap yeah. is that people know and expect a certain level of dysfunction. It's 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 a red flag. It's a it's a thing that people go into Nigeria. If you want to do business in Nigeria, you go in expecting that you're going to have some certain level of problems. So when you read that, on top of the basic problems that are there, there are all these other like problem on top of that and companies you thought were you know exemplary companies or mm-hmm. exemplary spaces are actually not that because all these people are still all fucking crooked it's a problem and i think it, from the, it's a problem. Uh, the you know just a final point just to tie it with a bow the foreign investment aspect is going to be affected because these guys are trying to get to these venture capitalists in silicon valley in europe in asia you know in the middle east like these negative I, I i get it it's not the journalist's fault that the company misbehaved itself right that's not his fault he's breaking a story but then you just need to think about the impact as well and you know as commentators we have we can look at both sides we can say that what the company did was wrong we can say that some of their practices were a bit shady um statesman x has explained where those are but then we could also look at it from the point of view of okay what happens to the next button um company what happens to the next yeah. pay that wants to go that wants to go nuclear what happens no, and they're great means, great great ideas in like it means that when you say when you say the sun is shining people are going to check and they'll check again and they'll check a mm. third time whereas before maybe they would have just checked once but now they'll have to check and that that takes time it's yeah. extra money it's yeah. some people just will be discouraged due diligence. It, it'll, yeah. it'll reduce the access to the market for nigerian techpreneurs but yeah. i hope hopefully i mean some of them listen to this uh podcast and uh they get an idea of, of the realities on ground. Um, Nigeria is still a great place to do business. There's still great, great minds in there in the tech space. And um, yeah, watch out for the next episode of the podcast. We hope you've enjoyed how we see things. 
Yeah. Uh, Dan Stock and Statement next year. Hopefully we have for episode 22. Um, <laughs> but yeah, going. do listen, like, share, all that stuff. Um, share it. Share the podcast with your friends. You enjoy it. Share the joy. Share the enjoyment. And let others uh, listen to what we have to say. We'll see you on the next episode. Mm-hmm.